I love what you said about uh, women being the uh, icing on the cake. And truly, as women, we are the crown of God's creation. We truly are. We are the crown. And every one of you are a beautiful flower in God's garden. And that's one reason there's all these flowers around. And I just want to say, if any of you want to take one of these home, either the ones on the windowsills in the bottles or one of these, feel free to do that. You're all a beautiful flower in his garden. Um, And these up here symbolize the orange and the yellow symbolize the fire of the Holy Spirit. So... Now, a few people, um, I was just going to get right into this here, Um, it it all goes together anyway, but a few people came to me uh, during the lunch break there and have told me, you know, that God did show them things, you know, um, by the Holy Spirit during the last session. And just to bring some people up to speed, well, actually, I I think, do you want to just share first of all? Will this work? I'm not sure. (laughs) And I can talk even louder in a microphone. I had this picture of Cinderella sitting in her rags, and she'd known former glory, and it got taken away from her by an authority person who didn't respect her. And she's sitting, she's sleeping by the fireplace and covered in ashes and doing all the chores and not living up to her full potential. And I just feel like that's what I have been. I thought this was just for me. I shared and said she wanted to share with everyone. And, you know, you maybe remember a time that things were better or you just had this faint memory or thought that it could be better. And you just, you just don't see how it can happen. And, you know, we know the story. And she goes off and she meets Prince Charming. And Jesus is our Prince Charming. And we, there actually really is a happily ever after in heaven. And um, I, just, I just wanted to share that with everyone to, um, to not be overwhelmed in your current situation and know that um, your current situation doesn't define you and that um, you are still beautiful. And know, as she got dressed up and got washed away all the dirt, that, that beauty was still there. It was just hidden. Beautiful. Thank you so much. See, the Holy Spirit gives dreams, gives visions, gives words. And sometimes we don't know it's the Holy Spirit speaking, right? We think, oh, is that just my mind? I had this picture come or this verse came to mind or I had this thought. Was that just me? Well, you know, it's good to test it out. Maybe it's the Lord. It's good to get used to hearing the Holy Spirit. She had that picture. That was God's Spirit speaking to us. Brenda, I don't know if you feel okay to share. Do you want to try? You can stay sitting right there. No, if I talk, I will. Okay, okay. If you want. There's so much. Okay, okay. Just whatever you feel comfortable. So um, during that final prayer time... I was asking Jesus to show me something because about a month ago, there was a part of myself that started talking. Um, I have been going to see Helga for a few years, and she's been a wonderful spiritual warrior along with me in a lot of freedom work. And about a month ago, there was um, a young part of myself, about seven, quite feisty seven, who had a lot of opinions and absolutely hated anything that smacked of religion didn't want to be prayed over, didn't, didn't want to have anything to do with God. 
I actually was able to give myself permission to be like that <laughs> for a while, um, knowing that God wasn't going to leave me there. So today, I was like, maybe today. Anyway, I, I saw myself again as... Um, whew, I don't know if I can give the... I don't know if I can Just say the picture. Whatever you're comfortable with. Anyway, Jesus showed me that I'm not discarded. Um, I'm not somebody to just be looked at and laughed about. I have value. And then it went on from there. And I I, I just really felt like I needed to spend some time in his presence. And he showed me a few things, and there's something very significant about that word value. Um, I'm going to leave it up to Helga and Bob to do whatever they, they sense the Spirit wants them to do with that. But so many times, and I know Helga alluded to this, but we believe lies at a level that isn't necessarily cognitive. Um, we tend to live our, try to live our lives through our minds, but the real battles where the stuff really happens is in our hearts. God sometimes shows me pictures, and he gave me a picture of a battle that was going on over this building. It was... (laughs) It was big. And it was really nasty. But over it all, I saw the shadow of the cross, which was even bigger than the battle. And under it... I sensed very strongly that it's our words of praise and repentance and reaching out. Why does God allow us to join him in this kind of epic war? I guess I'll need to hear that from him sometime. But it's a, it's a tremendous privilege. So I'm just leaving that with you for what it's worth, whatever God speaks into your hearts about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Does anybody else have anything to share? Um, You know, it could just be simple, a a little picture that you might not even think means anything, but it might mean something to somebody else. Yeah, go ahead. When you were praying, it was just a word, and it was uh, Absalom. And I just it kept coming to me as we were praying and so when Sandra and I were driving off I looked it up on the internet and um, it says that it means the king of peace and uh, it alludes I guess to uh, David one of David's sons so I thought that was really beautiful and also while we were praying um, I felt like I had a yoke around my neck of cement like liter- literally like it was cement so anyhow that's what I got. Okay. Thank you. This is, yeah, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us as a body, as a congregation. Okay, and those who, who have just joined us, and if at any time, please just let me know if you sense you have a, a word from the Lord. Um, so Bob has talked a lot about this huge battle. As he writes his books, he feels <laughs> the warfare. And, and what animals are they? Jesus is the lion, and what is this Platonism? The leopard. And he said it's quite a battle that the Lord shows them, and, and it's this battle against 
this Platonism, this dualistic thinking philosophy that has affected theology for centuries and our understanding of the Bible and has affected Bible translators. And this is the war. Um, It's a war against... uh, Jesus is fighting to bring women from here to here, to bring even our emotions from here to here. There's our mind, and our emotions are equally important. There's men and women are equally important. And, and when these things are brought to where they're supposed to be, there is room for the Holy Spirit. And that yoke around your neck, I believe, is connected to that. And Brenda was saying to me that she believes the Lord showed her that part of this battle is we, we are representing the women of God here, and we have all been wounded as women by, by Platonistic uh, philosophy that has affected the way we see the Bible and, and the things we've been taught. And, and Brenda was saying she really believes that, well, and, and what was wonderful is Bob, on behalf of the men, apologized to everybody uh, to the women last night, and that was of the Lord. And I think we need to choose to forgive we need to choose to forgive people, whether they did it on purpose or they were deceived. We, we don't know. We can't judge their hearts. But the people who brought that philosophy into Bible translations about women, um, who, who we felt being put down for being a woman, um, not as significant, uh, where we feel we had to hide our inner self and, and hide our emotions away and that they're not important. Those are two significant parts of that. So... The other thing, you said, oh yeah, we had to repent, right, of believing the lie. So, so taking part in this battle, could we agree together to forgive, to forgive men who have, uh, have used some of this to oppress and those who didn't know? Yeah, go ahead. Does anybody feel led to pray that prayer, leading us in prayer, in forgiving, forgiving um, the men, forgiving all people who have, um, see, it's the enemy who lies, and the enemy, he says, I'm God, and this is what I think, you know, I'm God, and I think women aren't as important, and I'm God, and, and your emotions don't matter, like, and it's all a lie, but this is what this spirit is saying, Right? And, and is saying, see, it says right here, I'm God and this is what I say. And, and, the, and Jesus is fighting. And Jesus will win. And this is part of the battle. But it is, it is a brutal battle. It, it is not an easy battle. And Jesus wants us as an army of women <laughs> to help him out. <laughs> so, anybody feel led? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to lead this. Do you feel led? Okay. Yeah. To, to forgive and to repent of believing the lie. It's not that we chose it, but we did believe it. So God, I just come on behalf of the women in this room and, um, and just Christian women, and I ask for forgiveness for not... Um, for, I ask for forgiveness for believing the lies that we are undervalued, that we're not as important, and for not seeking out the truth. 
Um, I thank you that it has been exposed to us today, and I ask that you would help us to transition that, to change our thinking um, as we go on from today to truly know how you look at us and how you designed us and that we would reach our full potential. I ask for forgiveness for, um, for... I ask for healing for the women who have been hurt by fathers, by husbands, by other um, men in their lives. I ask for truth to be revealed to those men that um, they can start to change by your Holy Spirit, that we would all know your truth. Amen. I've been aware for some time that the battle is in the heavenlies. And when we look back at, in our, some of our prayer groups, at the revivals that have happened and the non-revivals that have not happened, and we tend to think, well, why? Why, why wasn't it different? But you know what? God always had his light. It's like a pilot light. It never went out. He was always there. He always had his warrior. And so now, Lord, I forgive every one of those translators who was deceived by the enemy. And that enemy, that demon is so huge. I don't know about that thing over this church, but I know that the enemy hates this. What we're doing right now, he hates it. But Lord, I am going to forgive all those translators, whether they did it on purpose or whether they were blinded by the enemy. Lord, those men, many of them, I'm sure, didn't intend to harm. But Lord, I just forgive those translations. And I pray, oh God, that truth will be more and more revealed and that we will understand better and better what the truth of God is. That's as far as I can go. Where are you? Thank you, Lord, for, for guiding us. So we, yeah, we repent of believing the lie that we are less valuable, and we repent for believing the lie that we're just made to, to, um, to be slaves. Um, and we're not made to, to follow you freely in however your spirit guides us. And we do choose to forgive, release, and let go of all of those who have been oppressive in Jesus' name. Hmm? Yeah, you go ahead. Does does somebody have a Bible with the New Testament in it handy? (laughs) You'd think maybe. (laughs) Is somebody willing to read Colossians chapter 2, verse 8? And let's hope I remembered the verse correctly.
special thanks. You received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live as Christ's people. Oh, that was six. Sorry. (laughs) Be careful not to let anyone rob you of this faith through a shallow and misleading philosophy. Such a person follows human traditions and the world's way of doing things rather than following Christ. Is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And Paul is writing that to the church in Colossae, and he describes the philosophy he's talking about uh, throughout his letter. Um, and, and again, it is this dualistic, ascetic denial of the body, denial of emotion. A hierarchy of the mind over the feelings, a hierarchy of men over women. Uh, this is the philosophy that was being taught in Colossae. And the, the Jews of the first century of that day were strongly influenced by um, Greek philosophy. Uh, one of the Jewish uh, writers of the day that embraced this and taught this as truth, if you want to do some of your own study, his name was Philo and he's teaching a form of the the very philosophy that we're confronting today and and Paul said, don't let yourselves be taken captive by this uh, let the Spirit of God, let the Spirit of Truth, and the Word of God set you free. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all your words. So this last uh, session, the last one, is, is entitled Empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need, to be empowered by God's Spirit. And we've been talking about the inner child and how parts of us need to, um, for healing and for, uh, for us to be whole, to allow God's Spirit to strengthen our inner person that we may know God's love in our hearts. So... I want to help not only our minds, but our inner person. I I want to help you know what God is like, okay? So we know that God is spirit, right? John 4, verse 24, God is spirit. God is neither male nor female, but God uses physical, relational, masculine, and feminine imagery to help us understand what God's like and how we can relate to God. So our God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is God the Son in the flesh. Okay? So what is our God like? Let's see what God says. In Isaiah 49, verse 15, it says, God is like a mother who will not forsake nor forget her nursing child. It says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the child of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have carved you on the palms of my hands. I love that verse. 
God is like a shepherd who nurtures and takes care of his sheep. You all know Psalm 23. God is like an eagle who nurtures her young and teaches them to fly. Deuteronomy 32, verse 11 to 12. God is like a mother who comforts her children. Isaiah 66, verse 12 to 13. God is like a mother who births and protects Israel. It talks about God carrying Israel in the womb and delivering Israel. In Isaiah 46, verse 3 to 4. God is like a loving husband. Isaiah 54, 5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. So those are some examples from the Old Testament and then some from the New Testament. God is like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home in Luke chapter 15. Again, God is like a shepherd in Luke chapter 13 who searches for his lost sheep and even lays down his life for his sheep, dies to save his sheep. God is like a woman seeking her lost coin in Luke chapter 15 again. God searches for us if we've lost our way, like a woman desperately looking, where where is that coin? That's so precious to me, I have to find it. God is like a treasure, Matthew 13, 46. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Jesus compared himself to a mother hen. He said, how often, in Matthew 23, verse 37, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. God is like bread that nurtures and feeds us in John chapter 6. John chapter 10, verse 9 says, God is like a door, like a gate, like a path, and like a way that guides us. God is like a gardener. And there's, there's many examples of that in the Old Testament and New Testament. Isaiah 18, verse 5. John 15, verse 1 to 2. Romans 11, verse 17. He's like a gardener. He likes to nurture and take care and, and make us healthy. God is like a grapevine. He is the source of our life. In John 15, verse 5. He is the vine. We are the branches. We need to be, we need to be grafted in and we need to get our life from him. God is like a brother or a son, even, in a loving family. In Matthew 12, verse 48 to 50, Jesus said, Whoever does the will of my father is my brother, my sister, and my mother. And I love the verse, um, the Psalm 27, verse 10, that, um, that David says. He says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. And David writes this in, in his psalm to God in Psalm 131, verse 2. He says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord. So what kind of pictures are we getting here of God? What is God the Father and God the Son like? You know, very nurturing. God the Father and God the Son are are nurturing like a mother. You know, sometimes the inner child is like the father. You know, we have transfer and sometimes our father left us or wasn't very nice. But it's good for that part of us to hear, you know what? But this father is nurturing. (laughs) 
this father is comforting. Okay. Um, And as a counselor, I know that we all, in our heart and soul, we long for the perfect fathering that only God can give. And we need and long for the perfect nurturing and mothering that only God can give. And we need the perfect forgiveness, perfect friendship, and perfect love that only Jesus can give. And you know what's wonderful is we're, we're no longer orphans. You know, we, we can belong to this wonderful family that God has given us, right? It's beautiful. And, and I know I'm talking, this is entitled Empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to talk specifically about the Holy Spirit, but our inner person needs to hear what, what have the inspired biblic, biblical authors have written what God is like by the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. And I haven't even mentioned them all. There's so many more beautiful pictures of God. Now, what does the Bible say God's Holy Spirit is like? Well, the Holy Spirit's like a dove. And we're saying like, you know, and we're not saying the Holy Spirit is a dove. We're saying the Holy Spirit is like a dove, okay? And it says in uh, John 1.32, when Jesus was baptized and came out of the water, the Spirit ascended upon him like a dove. And that speaks to me of gentleness, personally. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. Uh, in John 3, verse 8, it says, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, It says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know, you can't control, tame, or box in the wind. And I have to say, walking in the Spirit can be a very exciting thing. You don't know, you know, isn't it true? You don't know what the Spirit's, where it's going to come from, where it's going to take you, where you're going to go. You don't know what God's Spirit's going to show you that day or some insights or dreams or visions. It's absolutely wonderful and exciting, but you cannot tame or box in the Holy Spirit of God. Sometimes religion tries to box things in and then we push the Holy Spirit away, right? You can't box in the wind. We have to give the Holy Spirit freedom. The Holy Spirit is like water that is alive. In John chapter 4, John chapter 6, and also John chapter 7. I'll read the one from John chapter 7. Jesus stood, verse 37 to 39, if anyone's taking notes. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So living water that satisfies our thirst. The Holy Spirit is like fire which gives power. In Luke 24, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, and Luke 3, 16, it all talks about the Holy Spirit like fire. The Holy Spirit gives birth to us. John talks about that in in John 3. Remember, it says you have to be born again. First we're born of the flesh, then we're born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives birth to us, and then God talks about the Holy Spirit as a comforter, a counselor, a consoler, a helper. What a beautiful picture is that? 
The Holy Spirit gives birth to us, then comforts us and helps us. You know, some people think of the Holy Spirit just as a force. It's way more. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is nurturing and powerful. So it's good to to get a picture about that. Now more on the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 verse 2 talks about the Holy Spirit resting upon Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Okay, so Spirit of the Lord, right? I'm going to count here. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and power, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord means a healthy respect for God. So do you see that? Seven parts to the Holy Spirit. This is the very Spirit of God that we are instructed to seek after and obey in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8 says, Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? God's Spirit of wisdom says, Receive my instruction and knowledge. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. I have been established from everlasting. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Proverbs 2, verse 2 to 5 says, If you seek wisdom as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Do you see the same? When it talks about the Spirit of the Lord resting upon Jesus, you see all that in Proverbs. In the book of Revelation, there are many references to the seven spirits of God. And many believe these are all part of the Holy Spirit, as demonstrated in Isaiah. The seven parts. We are instructed to pray to and seek God's spirit. And Jesus is very clear that we are to listen to what God's spirit is saying to us. Many times, many times, over and over in Revelations, Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit says. Right? Now, before Jesus was taken up to heaven, he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. In John 14, 16, Jesus explained that he must go so that the Holy Spirit of comfort could be sent to us. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And it's interesting to note that the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, starts with a P, and it is neuter. It's not male or female, it's it, okay? And the Hebrew equivalent for pneuma is ruah, R-U-A-H, and it is a feminine noun. It's just an interesting thing. So the, the correct translation for spirit and Holy Spirit in the New Testament, instead of he, it's, it's really supposed to be it. But um, I think most translators translated he just so it feels more personal. Do you know what I mean? But there are some examples. For example, John 1, verse 32, it says in the American Standard Version, And John bear witness, saying, I have beheld the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and it abode upon him. And other, the New American Standard Bible says, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. The proper grammatical translation is it, but again, it doesn't feel very personal. But just to understand that, also Romans 8.26, the King James Version says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And 
and the New American Standard Bible says the Spirit himself. But it's, it's just, um, it's an interesting thing to know that, uh, that it's neuter in the, but when we see he, 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 we don't really think of the Spirit who gave us birth and is nurturing. Do you know what I mean? So, and it's, a, it's, it's very important that we're able to see all of these aspects of God because our heart needs to be mothered very badly. And if we don't get mothered by God, we will go elsewhere to idols and it won't, it, it won't satisfy and it will cause pain. Listen to what King Solomon says about God's spirit of wisdom. He says, I prayed and understanding was given to me. I called for help and the spirit of wisdom came to my aid. I valued her even above my throne and scepter and all my great wealth was nothing next to her. She stretches forth her power from one end of the earth to the other and gently puts all things in their proper place. Gently. I loved wisdom and sought her when I was young. I longed to marry her. So in love was I with her beauty. She shares intimately in the thoughts of God, and it is she who chooses the works that God is to do. She knows all that is past and all that will occur in the future and knows how the time and ages will unfold. So I was determined to bring her home to share my life, knowing that she would be my counselor through the good times and my consoler in times of grief and anxiety. Her friendship gives pure delight. This is from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7 and 8, from the Septuagint, which is part of the scriptures that Paul read and quoted. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon says, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. Wisdom, right? The paths meet. Which way are we going to go? Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city, whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come, eat of my bread, drink of the wine which I have mixed, forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. That's Proverbs 9, 1 to 6. It says, incline your ear to wisdom. Seek her as silver. When wisdom enters your heart, understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil and from the man who speaks perverse things. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin that they may keep you from the immoral woman. What's very interesting here is it's again those same seven spirits of the Holy Spirit resting on Jesus. And it talks about the same thing. We need to seek the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to what wisdom says. Proverbs 8 also says of God's Spirit, I have been established from everlasting. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inheritance inhabited world. The Holy Spirit was there at creation. We know that. The, the Father, 
the Son, Jesus, it talks about that in the New Testament. Everything was made through him and for him, and the Holy Spirit. All were there at creation. In Genesis 1, God says, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created humankind. Male and female, he created them. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. The triune God was working together in creation. Both male and female are made in the image of our triune God. God's Holy Spirit of wisdom is clearly depicted as female. Again, it's spirit, not male or female, but it's, it's female imagery. And woman is clearly made in God's image. It's more than just a feminine noun. You know, like in French, la voiture, like you're going to say she for a car. It's more than that when it comes to the spirit of wisdom and the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It's it's female imagery. So, we're just going to add to what is the Holy Spirit like? Well, the Holy Spirit is also like a woman, a beautiful, powerful, wise woman. The Holy Spirit is is like a woman preparing a feast for us to deliver us, to help us, to keep us on a safe path. The Holy Spirit is like a sister, like someone who is a next of kin who loves us and stays close to us to protect us. You know, sometimes that's the only thing that works for a traumatized inner child part, you know? Oh, like a sister, like a loving... Okay, I think I can... Receive that part of God's spirit. It's so beautiful how God gives all this imagery. And whatever we need, God will meet us there. Maybe we, maybe we need to think of God like, like a hen gathering us. Maybe that's the only safe image. That's fine. God meets us wherever we need him. And the Holy Spirit is like a friend whose friendship gives pure delight. So that's a lot to feast on there. But, it, but God had the, uh, the authors of the Bible to write down all, the, and again, I've only said some of them. There are so many amazing images of what God is like. And um, yeah, I, that's a lot of information to, uh, <laughs> to process. Um, do you guys want a little bit of a break before we get into some more stuff? <laughs> I just, yeah, I think so, eh? I, I'm just going to say a little prayer, and then let's have a break, and then we're going to finish up for today. So, Lord, I I just want to thank you. I want to thank you uh, that you have given us so many images of what you are like. You are God the Father. You are God the Son. You are God the Holy Spirit. And when it says Father, it says Father. And when it says Son, it says Son. And we should not take your word lightly. But you also give us images of what you're like so we can relate to you and understand and understand you. Lord, help our inner person, our heart and soul, to know that if we need fathering, you're there to give us fathering. When we need mothering, you're there to give us mothering. When we need a friend, you're that perfect friend. When we need love, you're that perfect love. When we need a shepherd, you're a shepherd. When we need to be gardened, you're our gardener. Lord, whatever you need, whatever we need, you will meet us there. So, Lord, I just thank you for giving these images um, of, of you to the biblical authors inspired by your spirit. Thank you that this enhances, it enriches our, our view of you and it does not diminish, it enriches. So we thank you. And again, I pray for everybody's inner, their 
heart and soul, especially the parts of us that are afraid. Help us, Lord, to to connect with you and maybe one of these images um, of what you're like to see that you are safe. Thank you that you meet us where where we're at. You meet us there. And just may these words from your holy scriptures bring healing in Jesus' name. Amen.